There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. He takes being cook to a whole new level. These students can't afford to feed themselves. Do the best you can for your child and you look around for support and there's nothing there. Just get up and do our best today and that's all you can do. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Mine with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Isn't that nice news? Uh, Jerry uh, was subject to that awful robbery back in February. Remember, we spoke to his sister... And we were the first uh, radio station to speak to his sister Mary the day after that robbery. Um, two people in their 80s, and he was robbed up in Boyce's Street, held at knife point. There's some thug who, who still hasn't been found, still hasn't been caught. But uh, Jerry was terrified of going home to Boyce's Street. You'd be, couldn't blame the man, could you? He's just gotten a place uh, from Cher which is fabulous. That's lovely news. Really lovely news. Great to see him uh, getting sorted. Uh, another reason why at Christmas time when the little box is being shaken under your nose by the share kids to give as generously as you possibly can. I am glad that I'm not in the market for an NCT at the moment. Um, thankfully. Something that's very confusing. Papers and the News have been full of reports of long delays in the NCT. The Irish Times reported recently that the delays in the NCT are now longer than they were before the pandemic, which is a proper pain. But you're, if you are driving a car that doesn't have an NCT, a valid NCT, and should have valid NCT, then you're liable for a fine and three penalty points. Did you know that? That's a fairly recent development, but you're liable to a fine of, I think, 60 quid and three penalty points if you're caught without an NCT in the car. Now, I know that during the pandemic, during the height of it, when all the NCT centres had to close and then when there were very limited services in the NCT, they did bring in a derogation, an extension of four months. Thing is, I can't tell from the NCT website this morning and I was looking at it and looking at it and looking at it trying to figure if I have a car that's now closed for NCT maybe my NCT is out 
like a couple of months or whatever, or is about to expire, say, in May. Let's pick a car that NCT is supposed to expire in May, right? Well, I want to get my appointment. Now, if I'm trying to get an appointment, it'll be August, July, August, maybe September before I can get an appointment. My NCT is due to expire in May. Do I still have that four-month extension through COVID? I can't figure that out from the website. And because of the delays at the NCT, which is no fault of mine, could I be stopped by a guard in June or July and told, hey, come here, your NCT is out, that's a 60 euro fine, please, and three points on your licence. Because I can't, why should I be penalised if I can't get an appointment? And carrying the appointment letter around in the, da- in the dash glove compartment of the car, d- does that do me any good? But there's a, a terrible d- uh, delay for NCT. Anyone trying to book one at the moment? As I say, we're, I'm not in NCT, in the market for an NCT at the moment, which is, I'm breathing a sigh of relief. But is anyone trying to book, book an NCT at the moment? And when can you get one? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. And would you be worried about driving around in the summertime with an NCT that is out of date, with an appointment for September, say, and stopped by a guard and told, well, guard, that's the only appointment I can get. Oh, well, yeah, but three points in the fine. Is that going to happen? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Something else we'll talk about later today. Uh, many, 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 many times, there are not enough many's to say how many, we have had the point raised on the opinion line that all of the mental health services, really important mental health services like psychotherapy and counselling, are being provided by charities. We all know the charities. I don't need to name them. They're being provided by charities with the best will in the world. and And if those charities weren't there, God knows where people would be. But it's often raised, well, actually, wouldn't it be better if we could actually get those services provided by, hey, the, the HSE? Do you know what I mean? Uh, we'll find out later why those services aren't provided by the HSE. It's a very interesting reason for it. Oh, yeah, I couldn't start without this. I mean, like, were you, were you up around College Road last night? I got this video into my system last night. Go on, sing along, I suppose. Yeah, that's up in College Road area last night. Bad, a full band. A full band. Not a bad band, but a full band. The garden, the house. At seven o'clock in the evening. Like, it all might sound like great fun and the people in the video are having great crack, but, like, what if you're trying to work or study? Like, what if you're a student with exams coming up or you're actually trying to study or you've got an early meeting, you're trying to prepare for a meeting or working an extra shift? Or what, what if, what if you've actually got a couple of kids in trying to get them to bed? Like, 7 o'clock in the evening is when you're starting to put the smallies down. What what if that's going out across the road? Do you know? I mean, you can laugh at it if it doesn't affect you, but if it does affect you, like think about it. Think of it now. You're sitting inside. If you do nothing more harmful than trying to watch Coronation Street or watch a game or watch something in the telly, but imagine trying to put children to bed. 
Let's cross the road like that. See? Like, it's, it's, it's a residential area. That's not acceptable. If I set up my disco rig in my front garden and start battering out the tunes, I won't be long getting my collar felt. And rightly so. Oh. Full band light. There's set up with amps and speakers and the whole lot. 0818 Now, uh, we were talking a few months back, Katie, uh, about Ballincollig and special places and all of that. And there's been some good news. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? I'm great. Remind good. listeners what we talked about the last time, what the problem was. So um, you had me on a few months ago, um, very kindly, because we were trying to campaign and get autism classes into Ballincollig, specifically secondary schools, but really all of the schools are needing them. Um, and my particular interest is that my son, Charlie, is in sixth class in Gwell Scully Redon and has a place in an autism class, but is due to go to secondary in September. And I had applied to 21 schools, 18 of them with autism classes and not got a single autism class place. Yeah. Um, and a mainstream, like he, he is in the mainstream class a lot of the day, but he really needs the access to the autism class to manage. Um, and so a mainstream class without that just wasn't going to meet his needs. Um, so we started campaigning to try and get the schools in Ballincollig to to open autism classes um, and to get the Department of Education to provide the resources and, and equip them to do to do so. Yeah. Um, we had the amazing news yesterday that um, La Kayla, which is the new secondary school, opened in Ballincollig this last September, mm-hmm. and they are going to be opening the first autism class for secondary school this coming September. And Brilliant. for us, the wonderful news as well is that Charlie has a place in it as well. Brilliant. So, um, Brilliant. How, how many so places excited. are they opening? So an autism class just has six places. Yeah. So it is wonderful, wonderful news um, for Charlie and for the other kids that get places in this class. Um, and, you know, we're definitely wanting to celebrate and, and excited about that. But it's it's definitely not enough. There's still going to be many kids in Ballincollig who um, aren't kind of provided for through that so we're really excited really thankful but very aware the job is not done um Mm. you know that there's many families that i have come across as we've been campaigning whose children are really suffering you know that is is the only word i can use um not just the children but the families as well suffering because their children don't have access to an appropriate um, place in school yeah. um, and if they do have access they are traveling an hour every morning and an hour every afternoon and and then you know you can't be surprised that they would then struggle to be in school yeah. on top of that um, so yeah we're very aware and, and that we're very very lucky but there's many more people who aren't if I remember correctly Lekela were always willing to do this they just needed certain things Absolutely. to fall in place now and, and those things yeah. thankfully have would do you think that they would be willing to do more than one class? Yeah, so there's a plan for Lakela to have a class open this September. Um, so there will be six places for um, this coming September for first years. And then there's a plan for them to have another class the following year. 
um, which is great. It means there's some provision for kids who are currently in fifth class. But um, the, even with, there's also a proposal, and I don't know how far through this process they have got, but there's a proposal for BCS to also have two classes opened. Like I said, I don't know uh, how far through that process that has gone yet and whether that's actually going to happen. Um, but even if it does, that's still not going to be adequate, certainly not if you're a child in fourth class right now, mm. um, because two classes in those schools will mean sixth class students and fifth class students would be likely to be able to get a place. Mm. Um, but if you're in fourth class, it doesn't necessarily help you. Um, and also beyond that, if you are a primary school aged boy who can't access education through Irish, so can't go to the Gwell Skull, um, there is still no provision for you in Ballincollig because Skull Owen and Skull Barra don't have autism classes currently. Mm. Um, and I know Skull Owen for sure are very keen to open a class as soon as possible, but they are experiencing difficulties in, in doing so. Mm. This um, would be a class provided through Irish. I, I can't I don't know if that's ever happened before that uh, an autism class has been done through Irish. Oh, well, so the Grail School has an autism class currently. That's where Charlie is. So that is through Irish. Great. Um, yeah. Um, but that's not suitable for all kids, um, even without autism. You know, lots of children, it wouldn't suit them to do their education through Irish. And lots of children with autism would have an exemption from Irish. So sure. we definitely need the provision in the English-speaking primary schools as well. Um, and Scovira did open a class last September, so that's great. But like I said, if you're a primary school-aged boy mm. um, and you don't want to do it through Irish, there's still nowhere for you in Balancholic. Um, yeah. I think it's fair to say, Katie, yeah. isn't it, that, you know, this campaign, like Char Charlie's sorted now, and I'm thrilled for him. And, and I'm yeah, sure you... it's you, just you, amazing. It's brilliant. But until all the Charlies... And all the mirrors, uh -huh. no long, and their parents, no longer have to worry about a primary school, no longer have to worry about a secondary school, and until Char your Charlie has the same rights as somebody else's Charlie, i.e., pick the school, pick the secondary, yeah. and there's not a until such time as those two sets of rights are equal, this isn't over. Absolutely, that's absolutely right, and I think. Um, I've just been inspired by Charlie, actually, in this, in that before we first went to um, speak to Owen English from the Irish Examiner last autumn, I mm. checked with him, are you sure you want to do this? Because it, you know, it felt like a big step. And he said, we have to, because if speaking out means somebody else doesn't have to suffer, then we should do it. And I think that is really my desire, my goal. It's a big goal. But, um, you know, we don't want other families to go through what we've gone through this year. It would be so amazing if we could be in a situation in Balancholic to start with and then <laughs> maybe wider where, um, like you say, a child can go to the same school that their brothers or sisters are going to because there is autism provision there um, and that there isn't this scramble for places. You know, the, the class that's opening in the Kayla um, originally, there was double the applicants to places. Mm -hmm. um, so there just isn't enough provision, let alone in the right places. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And yeah, we really want it to to not be something that you have to dread and then battle for. As, um, as I think I might have said to you before, but I've certainly said here on the program many times, I was in a unique pr position having twins. 
one of whom has autism, has, has autism, the other mm-hmm. doesn't. I was able to plot the education pathway for my daughter mm-hmm. and my son. And my daughter's education pathway was as she wanted it and as we wanted it for her from the day yeah. she went into her first little play school. Such was not the case with our son. And yeah. in a just society, or one that calls it itself such, it should be completely the same. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the good news this morning shows us that it does make a difference when Can we raise done. our voices together Can be done, and we lobby our politicians. Exactly. Can be done. Um, do you know what? And I really want to thank everybody who supported our campaign, everybody who wrote letters, who prayed, who encouraged, who campaigned on the streets, who signed postcards. So many people in this um, community have been involved in lobbying. Do you know, this is not just something I've done. This is something we've done together. Um, And I think it should encourage us that we can do more. Do you know, like you say, we want it to be equal so that your son and daughter both had the same experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if we raise our voices together, it's very powerful. And you know, Um, this is also a great day for other campaigners, campaigners who are listening to you and me now, Katie, who are just wrung out and sick of it. And each month brings more worries and they are wrung out and spun out from trying to sort it out. It can be done. It can, it can. And I mean, we are lucky that in in terms, campaigning terms, I guess this has been a short time yes. um, for us to get where we needed to get to. But then that was the point. We were under time pressure. Um, but often it takes a lot longer and it takes perseverance. Yeah. But I think... The point is, we can't do it alone, but when we join together, and that is something, I started a Facebook page called Autism Classes for Balancholic Schools with Mm -hmm. the hope that it would help to kind of draw together, unite people to lobby and work together, that we could kind of share information. So if anybody is interested in helping continue this um, lobbying and and this battle, um, then do check out that Facebook page. I'm not a pro at Facebooking (laughs) effectively, but at least it's information sharing. Um, Well, you know how this was achieved and you can help others to achieve it. I am beyond thrilled for you and for Charlie, Katie. I really am. Thank you. Beyond thrilled. Because I know as a parent, I know how much it means. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's just amazing. Um, and we really hope that that this will inspire other people also to, to know that we can make a difference because we want it, it yeah. to be um, fair and other families to not have to go through this. Okay, so, yeah, and we really appreciate your help and support in that as well. All right, listen, you're banging an open door anytime you want to help with anything like this. Katie, thanks. That's Katie Gould. Charlie will be starting in Lakela in September. Six kids starting there, another six kids starting next year. But Katie's point is until there is a place for every kid that needs one, the work isn't finished. 0818 96 96 96. Quite a few of you uh, coming back to me on NCT. I got a voice note and a few more things. Do it next. Opinion line on Corks 96 FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Corks 96 FM. Diane. What? You're going to the Madison Square Garden, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, you are going. Oh my God, I'm so happy. Thanks so 
spending money, hotel, your flights all sorted for you. Well done. Brilliant. Thanks a million. Congratulations to our winner. It's just a TKO. With no DC Cars Blackpool. Put your trust in their award-winning after-sales team with a Skoda service at noldc.com. Stay listening for our next big way to win. Only on Cork's 96FM. So there's that NCT thing. At the moment, we're reading in the Irish Times recently where... NCT waitlists are now longer than they were pre-pandemic. And people are wondering, when the heck can I get an NCT? And we have on the statute book three points, three penalty points on your license and a 60 euro fine if you're found to be driving with an out-of-date or with no NCT. They brought in... uh, derogation for people during the pandemic when the NCT centres had to close like everything else had to close. Their website this morning is very unclear as to whether that still stands. So if I have a an NCT cert that's due to expire in the next few weeks and I can't get an appointment for months, am I going to be driving around running the risk of three points and a fine? We get a, a voice note to 083 396 96 96. I booked my NCT, it's going to be for August and expired just now in March. So, what's the story with the letter? Would I be fined or not? There's your question. He can get an NCT booking for August. His NCT is up this month. So, is he driving around now at risk of a fine, even though he's got the letter in the glove compartment? This is a good one, though. My car is due at the end of May. I checked online after hearing what you were saying. Appointments are up for August at the earliest. So I rang the helpline and the woman said the online system has different dates to what they do in the call centre. I can now have an appointment for the 12th May and there were other May dates also available. Ah, here. (laughs) That's brilliant, by the way, that you were able to do that. But that makes the system even more confusing. A few weeks ago, mine was up. I asked for a Saturday at a particular time. They told me they were booked out. Would I like to put my name down for a cancellation? Within days, I got a slot the same day or different time. Same kind of thing happened with my wife. Are people cancelling and messing up the system or are people just being too fussy? I live in Glasheen. The NCT centre was Blarney, if that makes a difference. Hi, PJ. The closest appointment I could get for an NCT in Blarney was early June. Charleville was even longer. I phoned the helpline, I was put on a priority list and my appointment was moved up to today, the day my NCT expires. Thank God they were so helpful, but I did panic for a while, says Danny. I need an NCT. I can't get an appointment until June or July, but I'm not very worried. My NCT is out since the start of March. Earliest date I could get was June 23rd. My car is due its first NCT. I went on the website to book it. The earliest I get is the 4th August. So I'll be driving around with a letter until then. And John and Cove, my NCT was out the last out last week. We got no notification before they would notify you in plenty of time. They're not doing that at all right now. It's the first I heard about three penalty points, but this is just another money making racket for the boys in blue and the insurance companies. Well, John, I did. I, I'm not too sure when they put it, but I double checked it this morning on the list of penalty point offences and driving around with an invalid NCT attracts a fine of 50, 60 euro rather, 60 euro and three penalty points. So there you have it.
There's no avoiding it. If you're out, if your NCT is out and you're caught by the guards at a checkpoint, you could quite easily face three points and a fine of 60 euro. The, 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 con, the two confusing things. One is the person who rang us and said, listen, ring them up. You had a different list, different dates. That's the first confusing bit. The second confusing bit is their website. Because I don't know if the extension still applies. So what I'm trying to say there is the COVID extension was that if your NCT expired, say today, today being the, what, the 31st March, if your, if your NCT was due to expire today under the COVID extension, you got April, May, June, July, end of July. Has that been removed now? What story? 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Oldies and Irish on Cork's 96FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Welcome along to the program. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Hidden Hearing, tuning you in so you don't miss a thing. And we've been doing it for over 30 years. Hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Anytime we discuss uh, mental health and charities in particular, so whenever we would talk about, say, the Darkness into Light campaign to raise money for Pieta or, or, or other things like that, the message always comes in, well, why are we doing this? Why doesn't the state, like the HSE, provide these services? Why is it left up to charities to do it? And why are there so many charities out there with counsellors and therapists available? Why are there no therapists in the HSE? Why can't I go to my doctor and get referred to a therapist and get an appointment quick smart? New group has been set up called Therapists for Change. And I've learned a lot from talking to uh, Karen Murphy about the whole thing. Karen, Therapists for Change. Uh, Tell me what it is first and tell me why it's come together. Yeah, sure. Um, Therapists for Change um, is a a group of therapists. um, we actually got together um, mainly through a Facebook group um, and have over 800 members now. Um, and it is therapists who are coming together who are concerned really, I suppose, about the mismanagement of the mental health services in Ireland and within part of that, the exploitation of therapists um, that has that kind of has arisen out of the mismanagement of the mental health services. Right. Exploitation of therapists. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to give you maybe a sense and try to explain, um, if you like, if you if you go online and if you Google um, looking for mental health services in Ireland and you can come to a HSE website and that HSE website has a list of organizations that you can contact. Um, the first two um, spaces on on that list are online CBT or online videos, um, which again, if you're struggling with depression, anxiety, um, you know, counselling psychotherapy is about meeting someone, talking. It's talking therapy. Um, so you know, online isn't ideal, 
from then on, there's organizations. And again, we're not we're not in any way. We don't have any difficulty like with the organizations. They they provide fantastic help and support. Mm. But they're all char- charities. Um, Turn to me, my mind, shine. Suicider survive, grow. Samaritans, Pieta House. Mm. Like we're we're used to seeing. Um, you know, if there's something connected with mental health, even come up in the news. You know, contact Pieta House, contact the Samaritans. We, we do it ourselves on the program. We do, whenever an issue arises that we think it's appropriate for, or we our guidelines say it's appropriate for, we would share uh, you know, telephone numbers, emails, whatever. Sure. And and again, as I say, the, the, these organizations are fantastic organizations. That That's not the issue. But the issue is their charities, like our mental health services in Ireland, are being subcontracted to charities. Um, and imagine if cancer care, you know, imagine if you had the list of um, of referrals that you got for cancer care were all charities and not actually directly being run by the HSC. So so that's the, the, the you know, that's the starting point. Hmm. And then. It's looking at how can these charities kind of afford to to run really um obviously they're they're they are well employing or contracting um psychotherapists or counselors um and these charities you know will pay either very low pay or no pay to psychotherapists what would be the going rate as it were for an entry level fully qualified practicing psychotherapist within the HSC say well you see uh, PJ the difficulty there is the HSC employ very few psychotherapists yeah but is there a pay scale like there's a pay scale for social workers there's a pay scale for occupational therapists that kind of thing there's a pay scale but the problem is that if you have done your psychotherapy training mm. and if you've graduated and you've done your hours, etc., the HSC won't employ you unless you have a second degree um, oh. in the, uh, what is it, second allied he- health degree, it's called, such as social care, speech therapy, nursing. Oh. Um, yeah, so it is something, again, that we are campaigning for in Therapists for Change because, you know, the psychotherapy training is... is um, it's four-year training, yeah. it's in-depth training, we're all accredited, we yeah. all do CPD. Because that's something that I think that a lot of listeners would not know, that mm. if you take something like social worker and, and you go to the HSE as a qualified social worker out of college, there's a pay scale at which you start. But you can't go in there out of college as a psychotherapist. You need to do something else. Exactly. And the difficulty then as well, which a lot of people may not be aware is, once you have finished your training in college, and in training in college, you have to do at minimum, often more, of 100 client-facing hours. But in order to be accredited with an accrediting body, um, like the IACP, you have to do an additional 450 hours of training. What? So, yeah, 450 hours. And and the, the like the least amount of time that will take is two years. So you have to do another two years. And this is where the charities come in because the charities take on what we're called, they're called pre-accredited psychotherapists. They take on pre-accredited psychotherapists. Um, These therapists are desperate to get the hours so they will do them for either free or for really low cost. So you come out of college with your qualification. Mm -hmm. You can't get work in the HSE 
just using the HSE as an example, you can't get work in the HSE because you want more qualifications. To do more qualifications, mm-hmm. you need to do loads more hours. Then you can go to any one of the charities and you could work for them for, like you say, low pay or no pay to put mm-hmm. your hours together so you can actually go and start a job in the public sector. And even then, you still can't work for the HSE because you don't have your secondary degree. But, you know, there are and there's very limited work because the mental health services are being provided by charities. Um, yeah. And the difficulty is, and, and again, there's just there's many threads. To but this. I think, Karen, this this actually explains a lot of it. Regularly, we get messages here. And when we're discussing mental health, we constantly get the same kind of a thing. Oh, sure, isn't it a shame that charities have to do the job that the state should be doing. This explains an awful lot of why that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, one of the things, you know, is also the most vulnerable clients are being treated by the most inexperienced therapists. Yes. And there is no system in place to grow that because the charities can't afford to keep on the pre-accredited once they get qualified and experienced. So they just keep having a turnover of new pre-accredited therapists coming in. And there's no like experienced therapists. There's no um, really development of the um, the psychotherapy profession, you know, in organizations because there's it's, it's just constantly low, low pay therapists. And I mean, these therapists, you have to have, you know, usually a minimum of 25 years. But most therapists are in their 30s and their 40s older. So you've got, you know, well mature, experienced people with um, mortgages to pay, with bills to pay, who are, um, you know, it, it's really difficult unless you set up in private practice, mm. um, which has its own difficulties and struggles. But with regards to being employed, there is you know, practically no employment easily available for psychotherapists in Ireland. This answers a great many questions, Karen. You, you are explaining it so well as to why we've got such a problem. It also answers, for me anyway, and I'm mm-hmm. sure for a lot of listeners, the great question, why are there no services? Because mm. the structure is not allowing you in. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, that's the difficulty. And, you know, for example, one of the organizations, my mind, got a million euro of funding from the government there earlier on this year. And, you know, the, the therapists there get paid 30 euro per session. For each of those sessions, they have to pay for their own supervision, their own, you know, so they're contractors. They don't get any employee benefits. Right. And I mean, this would be common in, in yes. many organizations. So, um, you know, when you actually calculate it out by the time all the costs of the, being a, a therapist comes in, you're getting paid less than minimum wage yes. um, to work in these organizations. Or as I say, some of them you're working for, for free. And like uh, PJ, you could go into LinkedIn and find find jobs advertised for um for for therapists like where they're saying we want you to have a great degree we want you to have so many years of experience we want you to have so many hours and they're voluntary positions you know so they're actually advertising these positions with all these criteria and they expect you to work for free yeah now mary butler is the relevant minister at the moment she's the minister of state for mental health have you brought these Mm -hmm. problems to her desk 
Yes, we did, um, and um, it was brought. We've we've um, we've gone to some TDs, um, and um, and they've spoken up for us. And um, Mary Butler was asked um, by Leo Varadkar to uh, meet with us to discuss these issues, and we're still waiting to get a meeting with her. How long ago was she asked to meet you? That would have been. Um, I don't have the exact date, but I think probably it was summertime, summer or September. That, that was, yeah, it's been a good number of yeah. months. Because the explanation you've just given me is extremely enlightening. If I'm listening to you properly, now we know why so much of this essential service is being provided through charities. Give mm-hmm. the charities a few quid of HSE money. They'll employ, yes, qualified but pre-registered therapists to do this essential mm-hmm. service but yet when you get your registration and you're ready to go as it were into the big time sure there's no jobs there no the majority of people like myself set up in private practice um and i mean that's 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 great to a point but you know people can't afford there's people who can't afford private therapy yes. it's not for everyone it's not possible it doesn't provide like the country with the mental health services it needs it needs more than just therapists in private practice you know um and there's there's just not the opportunities or the jobs available you know there there's so many layers i mean i could talk about it for hours you know i'm very passionate about this there's huge waiting lists in the HSE. There's huge demand, as we all know, for mental health. And what's frustrating is there's so much put out there with regards to the importance of mental health, the importance of mental health, the importance of mental health. And it's not actually being backed up by action by the people, like the professional people who were there and available to provide these mental health services. We're not being, you know, really, we are being exploited completely. And everyone's losing out, everyone. Karen, you've answered a lot of questions that our listeners frequently raise about Mm -hmm. the talk therapies, to give them that term. Thank you. It's been an an enlightening conversation. Thank you for giving us the space to to put this forward. That's Karen Murphy from Therapists for Change. I don't know about you, but that last 12 or 13 minutes was an education. 0818 96 96 96, still coming in with your NCT stuff. Uh, One question. If your NCT is out and you you have an accident, are you covered by your insurance? (laughs) Um, you you, You are, I think, unless the accident was caused by a defect in your car. And then you could be in trouble. See, it, it all adds to the confusion. Plus, if you get points from being fined for not having an NCT, that'll affect your insurance as well. So it's all very, very confusing. As Kevin asks, where is the Minister for Transport when you want one? Where indeed. 0818 96 96 96. Anybody know why I got my NCT done in February and it's up in August? Thank you, Rosaline, for that. There is on their website uh, something about that in their frequently asked questions. I think a lot of people who got their NCTs done and the NCT was passed, I think that they might have got a wrong expiry date on it. Or else, there's a thing, which was your... uh, You see, it's all so flipping confusing.
holding on to your NCT stuff for a little while. They're still coming in. The good weather has been lovely. And even though it's cold this morning, it's beautiful. And the weather over the next few days, varied, cold, a lot of dry weather, but nothing like last weekend, for example. But we, while we were loving the weekend, it wasn't, and loving the weather, it wasn't so good for our air quality. Professor John Wenger from the Physical and Environmental, uh, Environmental Chemistry Department at UCC. I saw tweets about this during the week, John, that the good weather had brought bad air quality. Hoy, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yes, the good weather um, is caused by a high-pressure weather system, um, and it brings in very slow-moving air from Europe. And so this is different from our usual weather from the Atlantic. And it brings with it polluted air. So air coming from mainland Europe and the UK, coming into Ireland, we add to that already polluted air, our own emissions as it moves over land, and we get an increase in, in overall air pollution. And, um, you know, there's no rain or there's no strong winds to remove or disperse the pollutants. So these just accumulate over days and days and days. We haven't had rain or strong winds really for, for over a week. And last weekend in particular, um, Elevated levels of pollution were three to four times baseline levels. I saw a, a graph of where we normally would be and where we are for the time of yeah. the year. Now, we all love the good weather, John, and we, and we all like a bit of a, a sunshine in spring and in the summer. So how do we batch it out? How do we keep our air quality as good as it should be while still enjoy a bit of weather? Well, I, I guess we can do the things that people have been talking about um, to help combat climate change. They also affect air quality as well. So this is walk or cycle. Take public transport instead of driving the car if you can. Um, stop engine idling. You may have heard recently campaigns, especially around schools, to stop cars keeping the engines running while they're waiting to pick up the kids and so on. Um, stop burning coal, peat and wood if you can. So these things all make a difference. Um, and, and, and they will all reduce pollution. And they will have a, an impact on health as well. Yeah. You mentioned the exhausts. I think I might have asked you this before. Forgive me if I did. You know the way most modern cars now uh, that still have an, an engine in them, they have this auto stop. So when you're in, pet, in, in traffic, the engine stops and then you move along and it starts again. Did you say to me one time, that actually is doing more harm than good? I think now that's, I think it works well now. I think there was a period of time where the stopping and starting of the engine um, was causing a problem in some vehicles, but I think that's now fixed. Good. Uh, I, th I think that the overall emissions from, from that sort of stop-start process are greatly reduced. So there are overall benefits and it is a good thing. Yeah. Now, yeah. if we're being affected by this uh, weather and and pollution levels are increasing because of the, the air coming up from Europe. We're not the only ones, surely. What about other places? Sure. Well, there was an air pollution warning for London um, last Friday, and um, pollution levels were moderate to high. And what this, did they actually uh, recommend that people uh, reduce activity if you are immunocompromised? If, for example, you may have COPD or if you have strong asthma, you may consider well, not going out, I suppose, or, or reducing your level of activity. So you're not going for a run or something like that. Uh, so there are some issues with health and there are some recommendations for people that are more readily affected by poor air quality. So those are the things that we can 
we, we can do. But um, uh, in, the, in the main, it is about living a more sustainable lifestyle um, that will have benefits for improved air quality, health, and, and of course, climate. It's part of the overall change that we need to make, I think. Mm. Lastly, here's a, a question that's an interesting one. So you get a shower of rain and the sky clears and it's nice and clear and you can see stars. Our caller here reckons that if that happens, you can see more stars than you can in the nighttime after one of the dry, warm, bammy days we had last weekend. And caller's asking, yeah. is, is that down to pollution? Well, when we have pollution, we have a hazy sky. So those are tiny particles in the air that are absorbed and scattering the light. Um, and so if those are removed, then there will be greater visibility. Sure. Well, yeah, that's that, that's that many. Yeah. Nice. There you go. All right. So we really do need to be careful of this because if we get a nice summer and none of us would turn that down, John... It's not good. It's not <laughs> yeah. good for the... Well, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I certainly wouldn't turn down a nice summer. It's not good for our air quality. Uh, look, um, yes. Three, three, three or four times a year, we get these high-pressure weather systems that bring this lovely weather. You know, go out and enjoy it. Um, but those that are immunocompromised, you just think a bit more carefully about some of the activities that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in the end, you know, we can't do that much about the weather, right? Um, so, so, so I think, but we can do something about the way that we live. Mm-hmm. And I think bit by bit, they all, all make a difference. Okay. And one quick one before I let you go on, this is going to delay me a little bit for news, but so we'll do it quickly if we can. The cruise ships are coming back into Cove this summer and they could be tied up for hours and hours with their generators going. Are they causing damage? Yeah, they cause a problem. Uh, cruise ships are four, four or 5,000 people on a boat. That's, that's like the size of a small town. And so they can have the emissions of a small town. They have very large emissions of particles, um, sulfur dioxide, nitrogen dioxide. And so they can have a big local impact. Okay. Um, so that needs to be balanced in terms of the overall benefits we get from t- to the economy from having uh, visitors to the port. So we just need to make sure that we factor that into the, um, the overall environmental impact of these right. activities. John, I leave it there for no reason other than time. Thank you very much. Professor John Wenger. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Just listening to Dr. Chris Luke there in the news. And the nurses' leader, uh, Philney Hay, on various of the news programmes over the last day or two. And the news this morning also that those emergency powers expire at midnight tonight, which John says is hopefully for good because they're a waste of taxpayers' money, but that's as it may be. We then get a message to say we're all concerned about the hospitals at first, but now we've consultants on the news begging people to wear masks and no one's doing anything about it. What's up? How do people feel? Well, this is just me, okay? If Chris Luke, or anyone like Chris Luke, but Chris Luke in particular, 
a man for whom I have the most incredible personal and professional respect. If Chris Luke is saying we need to keep wearing masks on the bus and we need to keep wearing masks in the supermarket and we need to put put masks on out of sheer common sense, then why do we need a mandate to do it? Why? We recently, just at home, I started taking a mask out again. I stopped, but I take a mask on the bus, bring a mask in the shop. It's just a thing. I just do it like it doesn't hurt anybody. No eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now, yesterday morning, I was talking to Elaine Dunn from the Federation of Early Childhood Providers, and she was on her way to heading for Poznan to look after children in an orphanage. Now, the orphanage affected by the war, of course, uh, hoping to orphanage for, for children with special needs and these are what you might call the forgotten children of the war and Elaine was heading out there with a view to helping those children as best she can and we were due to talk again Elaine next week but something's happened in the meantime. Morning to you. Hi uh, hi, PJ. You, you okay? Yeah, what, can you hear me? I can. What has happened? Sorry. Where, where are you um, right now? Where are you right now? Okay, so, so right now we're in a, a hub in Poznan. Okay. Um, so this hub is where Ukrainian uh, women and children are coming and they're queuing up from early morning to come in and to get food and clothes and, and supplies. Um, so we've come in and we've met with the, an amazing team of volunteers. They have anything up to 700 volunteers in one day. They have over 2,000 people coming through this hub in any one day. And they have no food. What they have is sauerkraut and peanut butter. No food at all? That's it. No, no, nothing. And these people are queuing up and they're giving them shopping bags coming in, but there's no food. So we've just spoken to the team and um, I have one of the girls here, Julia. Her English is good, but if you speak slowly, she'll be able to answer any questions that you might have. So will I pass her over to Julia? Please, Elaine. Thank you. Um, Hi. Hello, Julia. Hi. Hi. D- describe for me uh, what is happening at the moment. Um, now we are just like uh, giving packages to people uh, with their like first minutes, um, but we don't have a lot of things, mainly food and like stuff for children. Um, yeah. You have? Is there no food at all? You've run out. Yeah, uh, we have just like peanut butter and um, some red stuff. Very yeah. You, you don't have bread? No, we don't have anything else. My goodness. And where would you normally get those supplies from? Um, we had a lot of, like, from people coming here and giving uh, what they can, but now it's, like, um, only, like, bigger delivers, but we don't have them much, so it's, like, one deliver per day, and after this we don't have anything else, so... Okay. So what what are you going to do? How are the children and the small babies going to get something to eat? Um, I don't know. Um, if we can help, they can go to another supply point, but I don't know if they, they have anything else too, because they mainly get from us uh, their stuff. Are the, the army, the Ukrainian army or the Polish army, can any of them help you? Um, I don't know. Yeah. And and there are no other 
places that you could get food. How many people are there in the hub? Um, in the line, in like per day, it's like 600, 600. maybe 800 people a day. Okay. But it's sometimes bigger. That's a lot of people to feed. Yeah. And it's too, yeah. it's too many people to just move them somewhere else. Yes, it's way too much. Yeah, we're, we're going to... There's a lot of human suffering here now, isn't there, Julia? Yeah, they are, and they also need uh, more help, but we can only give them, like, things and something to eat. But yeah. we don't have it, so... Yes, because... What can we do else? Running away from a war and being frightened and leaving your property behind and your belongings behind and your menfolk behind, that's bad enough, but people will be suffering malnourishment if they don't get something to eat soon. Yes, I know there's a lot of people that came here with nothing and they just like need anything, but we don't have I know. anything to give them. So. And Julia, some of them coming, like they might not have eaten for some time what little bit of food they had with them when they left home. That's gone now. Uh, can you repeat? When, like some of them would not have eaten for some time. Yeah, and, but they can only come here and see if we have something yeah. or come to another supply point. Yeah, yeah, it's, ter terribly, it's terribly upsetting. Could you put me back to Elaine, Julia, yeah, please? Elaine, that, that's terribly distressing. People are arriving there. What little bit they brought with them, they've eaten en route. Some of them might not Absolutely. have eaten for a day or two or more. Absolutely, well, and we're here. Hung hungry women and children here. This is very upsetting, Elaine. Absolutely, and they're wrapped in blankets coming in the door because they're freezing cold because it's minus two to minus three degrees here at the moment. Um, our truck is just getting unloaded as we speak, so we now have four pallets of food has just arrived up to the top here, and they're now starting to unload the food. So, and as they're unloading, it's been taken. It's, it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. More I saw like it has arrived as we speak. Yeah, our, they're unloading our boxes, our pallets of food now at the moment. Um, so I'd like to pass you on to Gillian as well here, uh, PJ, as well, if that's okay. Sure. Hang on there. Hello, PJ, hi. Hi, Gillian. That at least is good news that, that some food has arrived, but of course that will only last for, for so long. Oh, absolutely. Already the first, uh, the second pallet that came off the truck was food, and I walked through the hub um, with the guy pulling along his little pallet truck because um, I, I wanted it to go straight up. You should see the crowds here. There's women pregnant, very heavily pregnant, wrapped in blankets. There is women with children. There is no men in the queue because their husbands, their partners, they're not here. They're in Ukraine. There is two, one, two, three tables just with jars of, it's like a, a red sort of a cabbage, a sauerkraut. Yeah. There is a pallet with, that I'm looking at with uh, peanut butter. And so with the pallet, that, with our second pallet that came off the truck, when I walked it up, um, I asked them, could I take it off myself and make sure that it is given out immediately? I swear it was emptied in, in seconds, in seconds. Because what, as soon as they seen the What was on that box, pallet, Chilean? What was on it? Um, so there's pastas. They, a, a lot of them went for the porridge. Um, there was biscuits, beans, um, all dried foods, long life foods. Um, but if you could just see what I'm watching here, it's absolutely, absolutely heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. 
what, what, what you're telling me, um, Gillian, is that what, even what has arrived this morning will be gone. A drop in the ocean. Hours. Gone. Hours. Well, there's another, yeah, so that was the first pallet. That's gone. The first pallet is gone. They've taken it. They've, they've taken, they're given plastic bags as they enter the hub. Um, at one stage, there must have been maybe 15, 20 people at the table pushing, pushing to get in to try and just grab anything. Um, there is another pallet here just below me that I'm going to go down and help offload now and put up onto the table. But there's people standing outside. It's, it, like, it's minus two here at the moment. Um, there's blankets wrapped around them. There's women heavily pregnant. It's, it's horrific. This it's something. Is... It's something you wouldn't like to see. It's really awful. Really terrible. This is awful. I wouldn't have imagined. I would not have imagined that it was like this at all. I've taken so many videos um, and so many photographs, but this needs to go. Not even national. This needs to go worldwide. These people really, really need help. But it's food. This is what they need: food, and they need it fast. Yeah. So I think we're going to go back. Um, we fly back out now. Um, I think we land in Dublin at maybe 10 past 6 this afternoon. Right. Um, the very first thing I'm going to be doing is trying to rally all the... My, uh, we had uh, Smith Super Value in Navin who helped us. I'm going to go to everybody and anybody that I know for food to donate food. We have another truck coming in, um, Jordan International from Dungannon. Um, originally, this is his truck here. He um, he gave it to us for nothing and our driver... Um, Marky, fantastic fella, has, has driven for maybe four or five days. So he has offered another truck to come in a couple of weeks. We were thinking maybe... It's a convoy we need, Gillian. It's yeah, a convoy. and I don't think even four to six weeks. We need it now. We really need it now. It's, it's horrendous what I'm watching as I'm speaking to you here. Because initially um, we, we were giving all, whatever we were asked for and there was truckloads and van loads went over... And then we were told give cash, and people did to the Red Cross because the Red Cross know what to do. But, but you're there, surrounded by women who are freezing and freezing starving. Freezing cold and blankets, yes, starving. And starving. small children who are freezing small and starving. Children. Yeah, yeah. And the food and that the you have will not last a few hours. No, no, no. I would say the queue, the queue that I can see for here is maybe a half a kilometre already, but I can't oh. see the whole way out the gate. It's horrific. It's horrific. And they've been standing, and the worst part of it is, is, you know, myself and Elaine were in the nice warm hotel across the road. And this morning when I woke up and looked out the window, I actually seen them queuing hours before, before we even got here. So that's how long they, they, they're out there since maybe eight o'clock this morning. So what time is it now here? It is, it's 20 past 11 now. Could you maybe send us on some photos? Absolutely. That'd oh, be I would love greatly to. appreciated. Yes, Elaine, yes. stick Elaine back onto me there because I'm. I'm I am i am just. We'll put them up. Oh, on flabbergasted! If you've seen what we're looking at here, I will go and take. I have loads of footage and videos, but I will take. Video, I'll take okay. photographs now, and I'll and, send and them. We'll we'll right. we'll set, put those up on social. Put back to Elaine for a second. Okay. okay. Take take care. Sure. Be thank great. you, Bye. Gillian. Thank you. Hi, PJ. Elaine, it, it isn't vans we need. It isn't a truck. It's a convoy. Convoy, absolutely a convoy of food needs to come out no. here and it needs to come out here this week. I'm going These to people speak cannot out be left of, like this. I'm going to speak out of turn here, right, and I, and I don't care. I'm sitting here 20 minutes drive from a 7 billion euro industry known as Musgraves. We are surrounded by Tesco's, Dunn's, any number of chains in the country. We need people to load vans and trucks with foods today. 
Absolutely. We need to get food out here and we need to because get it out here now. Because people are hungry and freezing. Women and children are... The women and children that have gotten out of Ukraine are hungry and freezing. It's, um, it's quite overwhelming, if I'm honest. Um, I'm... Uh, I don't normally get upset easily, but this is very upsetting to see. Well, it's very upsetting to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they're telling me that it's on the borders all across all of the, the hubs. They need food. And there's loads of clothes coming. They're, they're dumping a lot of the clothes. So if anybody's sending clothes, please ensure that they're wearable. Um, because there's no point in dumping stuff on, on these people here because this isn't fair. But, you know, we need food. They, they need food. And in, in all of the hubs across um, Poland and, and all of the, on the border everywhere, they need food. And they need, they also have asked for first aid boxes to send into the army. They've asked for sleeping bags. They, they're the, the three things that they've asked us to focus on. When you and I were talking yesterday, you had a plan. This is, this is not what you expected to see when you arrived. No, no, not at all. Um, when you see, I mean, I, I will send the photographs and put them online there. You'll see women wrapped up in blankets, um, you know, wool blankets, trying to keep themselves warm, standing outside in queues, waiting to come in, and they're looking for food. And there isn't any, only what we brought in here in, in our boxes, they're emptying our boxes. And as quick as they're emptying the food boxes that we brought in, they're, they're going. The food is just literally going. Nothing, nothing keeps off the cold better than a full belly. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, they, they, they need to be fed. They have to have food. It's, it's everybody's right to eat and be warm. And that just doesn't seem to be the case here at all. And I know that the Polish people are doing their best here. Yeah. And this hub is amazing. I mean, 700 volunteers a day, you know, you couldn't ask for more. Um, lovely young people doing this. Um, and the Carers South Greece here as well, trying to help all of these people. But the world, the Europe, we need to step up here and, and help. There's a lot more help needed. The prospects of malnutrition, disease... Sickness. <sighs> yeah. Uh, people were... Elaine, I don't, I don't mind telling you, people said this a week or two ago. Um, Fergal was saying here to me a couple of weeks ago in our daily production meetings. He said, what worries me is food in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And he's right. And, and he's right. And, and the other thing, like if people think that this is going to go away in a couple of months, it's not. They're going to need continuous support, absolutely, for, for a long time yet to come. And I'm sure that a lot of them are traumatised and you can see the stress and strain in their faces as well. They're, you know, it's, it's awful. It's, it's the saddest thing I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, it will take me a long time to get over it, if I'm honest. Now, this is, it's hard Sorry, to PJ, listen to. It takes a lot, it's, uh, it's hard to listen to, Elaine, let alone, yeah. I can't imagine what it must be like to describe. Well, when you're standing here looking at it, it's, uh, it's overwhelming, to say the least. Okay. Okay. Send us the photos. We'll put them up. Okay. It's not a van we need. It's not a truck we need. It's a flipping convoy. Convoy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, PJ. Cheers, Elaine. Take care. It's safe. Bye. When, when are you on your way back? Uh, tonight. Late tonight. Okay. Well, look, if something can happen over the next few days, let's see, can we help to make it happen? Absolutely. I, I mean, we'll fly in again probably next week or the week after as well. 
Okay. Yeah, a couple, couple of lads no. have gone from Ballymacoda on Tuesday with a truck and two vans. Uh, wish them a safe trip. Hopefully they've got some okay. food in there. PJ, just, just before we finish, they're yeah. actually closing the door for a few minutes because they're going to unload the food that we brought. Okay. Yeah, so uh, you can you can imagine the pandemonium of people scrambling for food coming in here. And there's thousands, you know, hundreds of people outside the door? Hundreds of people outside the door. There's a huge queue all wrapped in. Uh, they're handing out blankets as we speak to uh, keep them warm and they're going to unload our food pallets so we're just going to go and help unload the food pallets. Okay. If you need anything, Elaine, you you know where we are. Okay. Thank you so much. Take thank care. you, PJ. Cheers. Bye. Bye. I'm not the better at that. I am not the better of that. Women and children, frozen cold, wrapped in blankets, no food, no food. You've been walking for days, travelling for days. You come to this place where you get a welcome, you get looked after, but no food. They've got peanut butter and fecking cabbage. Can we get a convoy? This is now going to say a stupid question and people are going to say, PJ, you're an idiot for even saying it. Can we get a convoy going? Can we get something out of them? Because not only are they terrified, they've run, they've left their property, they've left their homes. They don't even know if their homes will be there when they get back. They've left their men folk, their brothers, their husbands, their sons, their partners, their daddies and mammies, women and children fleeing a war and now they're freezing and starving can, can we do anything can we just talk the opinion line on Cork's 96 FM with the Cork City Marathon take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM yeah, Sinead says she's listening in tears as she prepares for her market stall tomorrow food for her Market stall. 0818969696. Totally different subject. Happy to come back to this, though, if we get anything. We got this message in from a listener. It was a WhatsApp message. Um, Hi, PJ. Can you tell me what is and what isn't allowed with these new video camera recording devices that people have on their front door? This is like a little camera, a little ring, they actually call them. One model is ring. Um, what's the law concerning them? Surely there's a limit to how far they can see or record or what kind of sound they can intake. Surely there are limits and surely there are rules, which is a very good point. Surely there are. Now, if you go on to the Data Commissioner office, there's a document and you'll find it's maybe 19 or 20 pages and lots of information in it. Difficult enough to distill down, though, for the average householder who just wants to protect their own property in the drive. And there's been a case in the UK with regard to these ring security cameras, which has resulted in Amazon, who supply them, uh, to respect the privacy of their neighbours. It was an interesting one about a guy who put one up on the front door to see the driveway, protected. And then also put one up on the garden shed to protect the garden and could watch any activity on the mobile phone or a pad or something and ended up in trouble over it. So let us go to Dara O'Brien. 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. He is the MD of Castlebridge Information, Governance, Privacy and Quality. And Dara, like I said to listeners there, the Data Protection Commissioner's document is a bit complex to drill down. But if I want to put one of these things up on my front door, what's the law? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Well, the law very simply is that as long as you're not overlooking someone else's private space or a public place, there's no problem. As long as it's within the perimeter of your domestic environment, you're in the scope of what's called the domestic use exemption. Uh, The problem is with these cameras, they're looking out. And that case you referred to in the UK it wasn't that he had cameras on his hall door and on a shed. It, the fact was his, the cameras were looking into his neighbor's house and he wouldn't take them down or he wouldn't do anything to, to change the positioning of them so that they weren't uh, overlooking, uh, looking direct straight into his neighbor's house and his neighbor's driveway and things like that. So the law here is ultimately that as long as you're just within the sphere of your own home, that's fine into the perimeter of your, of your property, the perimeter of your driveway. Once you start looking at over a public place or you're overlooking one of your, ne- your neighbor's property, then you are falling outside the scope of that domestic use exemption and data protection law applies to you the same way as it would apply to a shop or a supermarket or a local authority. Uh, the issue with ring cameras uh, and th- th- those sorts of smart cameras and smart doorbells we see is that there's an additional complication here because many of those cameras send data back to the manufacturer. So Amazon uses footage from Ring doorbells to train its artificial intelligence and facial recognition tools and things like that. Uh-huh. For all this stuff, Amazon just doesn't sell books. They, they do lots of other stuff as well now. And they're using that data to train new products and services and things that they sell in other contexts. Uh-huh. That creates a relationship between you as a homeowner and Amazon called a, a joint controller relationship. And legally, you then have to tell people that you have a camera, what it's overlooking, why you have it, and that there is a relationship with Amazon or wherever you've got the camera from. Um, And people have a right to request access to the footage if it's outside the scope of that domestic use exemption. So all the rules that apply to any 
operator of a commercial CCTV camera system apply to people who are operating a domestic CCTV camera system once it goes outside the bounds of your your your, your private space, your your own property. I'm I'm thinking of one awkward situation which could arise, and that would be many people don't have a driveway or a front mm-hmm. garden, so they're parking their little car on the public road. So they train the camera to look out and can pick up their car. Quite sensible. They want to watch their car in case anything happens to it. But they're facing into the public road. Yep. Sounds to me like Which they means, can't do that. Well, they can They can do that. But that they, from a data protection point of view, they then need to ensure they have appropriate signage telling people that there is a camera there. They have to be very clear what the purpose for processing for having that camera is, in this case, it will be Section 48 of the Data Protection Act. Uh, the detection, investigation, and prosecution of criminal offences will be the basis for having that camera. Um, uh, but people then have a right to request access to copies of that footage. So while the cameras are useful, and there's a uh, there's doubtless a benefit in some cases for having them, having them brings with it a certain amount of responsibility as well. That classic line for Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> there is this whole drive-on now, and you hear the ads from time to time, don't you? If you're having something installed, get a professional, licensed professional to do it. So, mm-hmm. are you taking chances if you just put it in yourself, go and buy it in Amazon or wherever, and do it yourself? Well, the, the the general rule around installation of security cameras is it's it's best if they're done by a, a registered licensed security installer because they've got training in what the, the the appropriate approach for installation is, and in in most cases they're aware of the data protection issues and implications, and a, a, a qualified installer will be able to advise on appropriate positioning and configuration of equipment. Mm-hmm. Buying a camera and sticking it on the door yourself you're still required, ignorance of the law is not a defense, unfortunately. You're still required to be aware of what the implications might be. And unfortunately, uh, even in, in, in a commercial context, the manufacturers and, and sellers of these technologies often don't think about or, or educate their customers on the data protection implications of those technologies. Yeah. But ultimately, it boils down PJ to a very simple rule. The, the don't be an asshole rule, be a good neighbor rule. If you're going to put something up, talk to your neighbors before you buy it and see what they think. And if there is a, if there is a reason why you're, you're putting a camera up, uh, maybe your neighbors might have an agreement with that or they, they might be able to uh, suggest different places to position it where everyone might benefit from the camera, not just you, or it might minimize the risk. Yeah. Ultimately, the Data Protection Commissioner doesn't want to get pulled into domestic disputes and arguments about who knocked over whose wheelie bin. Um, and, and, and things like that, or, or, or disputes around antisocial behavior between neighbors. But once there is any sort of processing of personal data that's within the scope of the legislation, they have to investigate that complaint and they have to take action. They're legally required to do that under, mm. under the Data Protection Act. I mentioned before I brought you in the Data Commissioner's website, and there's a document of about 20 odd pages on all of this. And I read, I I thought, that's not really accessible for the average Joe Bloggs to distill what his or her responsibilities are, putting one of these things on the front door. Do we need a bit more clarity for the average householder? A bit more clarity for the average householder will be useful. Now, the DPC does have a one-page document about domestic CCTV that's reasonably straightforward. 
discussing specifically um, CCTV in the context of homes. And it's quite clear in that document that domestic CCTV systems should only operate in a way that captures images of people within the perimeter of the CCTV operator's own property, including their garden or driveway. And if you're operating in that regard, you're not subject to data protection law. Once you're outside the scope of that, you are. You and your colleagues have been doing some research, I understand, on the issues raised by all of this, and you're about to publish that research. Any any, any little bit of a, a tip as to what's coming up or any hint of what you've discovered before you publish? The, 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 the key tip, the key, the key thing we're, we're, we've identified in the research is that this is potentially a, a complex area where people are, 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 with all the best will in the world, sleepwalking themselves into potential risks because of, particularly with ring cameras and similar technologies, they've got that relationship with the camera manufacturer, which wouldn't have existed five or 10 years ago. If you bought a camera in Aldi or Woody's five or 10 years ago, it was a camera that you stuck on the wall and was only going to one place. It was going to your recorder or your screen. Now you've, that data is going to other people as well. And that creates a more complex legal relationship that needs to be understood and it, it creates potentially additional obligations on, on a householder who's buying one of these cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, it comes down, PJ, to a very simple rule of be a good neighbor, talk to your neighbors, and try to avoid having unnecessary friction with your neighbors. Uh, good fences make good neighbors, but too many cameras can make bad neighbors. Yeah. And coming back lastly, Derek, to our original query, what is and what is not allowed, effectively, you're only allowed to focus on your own property. That's pretty much the rule. In terms of your, you're only allowed to focus on your own property. And if you do, if you go out into a public area, uh, or you're overlooking someone else's property, then data protection law and privacy privacy rights uh, of others apply. Uh, and that's where you have to consider signage or consider whether there is a better way of doing what you're trying to do in terms of protecting your property and indeed protecting the property of your neighbours. So if you put one of these Amazon Ring or any other such device on your front door, you can see into the street. They are quite a good camera. I've seen video from them. They're quite a good camera. You kind of have an obligation to go out onto the end of the drive and put smile you're on camera Essentially, go on. Ironically, go on Amazon and buy a sign. Might be the answer to the question. <laughs> yeah, they've got you everywhere, don't they? Not, not to mind listening to you through the old Alexa, but that's another day's discussion. Dara, thank you. Uh, Dara O'Brien is the MD of Castlebridge Information Governance, Privacy and Quality. In short, a man who kind of knows his stuff. Be careful when you put up a camera. You don't want to end up it blowing back in your face when you actually do film someone interfering with your car. Just be careful. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Rasputin's Boots, Orla Fantoma, Mossy Skies Behind and The Flavours are the bands playing at Uncorked, a showcase of new music from Cork taking place at the Everyman on Monday 16th of May. Tickets are available now from the box office. Access all areas. Neil Delamere, star of the BBC's The Blame Game, fighting talk on the news quiz, hits the road again with his riotous new stand-
stand-up show Limino. Neil brings the new show to Cork Opera House for one night only, taking place on Thursday, April 28th. Access All Areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us on aaa at 96fm.ie. Access All Areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. Hi PJ, I have cameras all over my farm. You can't move without seeing me seeing you because due to the fact I get visitors at night because I'm very close to the road. Cameras are essential. That's from Mike the farmer. They're on your property, Mike. That's the thing. Are they looking out into the public road? And John says, as long as John O'Donovan, as long as you don't focus into someone's back garden, it should be all fine. Wherever you go in public, you're on camera and you don't give your permission. Like if I walk down Patrick Street, how many cameras am I on? Which is a very good point, John, but that's kind of covered in law. Those kind of things are sort of covered by legislation, but a fair point. PJ, if you're looking for the Minister for Transport, this was to do with the NCT. It's a bit early for him. He's not at his nap in the door yet. Stop. That's naughty. On the subject of NCT, also we got a voice message from Sonia. My NCT was due in January and I went online. I couldn't get an appointment until July or August and I went on every day checking and I got one for a week later. But I'm normally Charleville, but I had to take one in Little Island. You have to shop around like everything, guys. Thanks for that, Sonia. 083-396-9696 for your voice message on any topic of conversation that's come up or indeed one that hasn't, that you want to start a conversation on anything. Like this one, apropos of absolutely nothing. Why is the park and ride lit up all night? In this day and age of climate change and maybe a fuel crisis, why is it lit up all night? That's a very interesting question. Thank you. 0818969696. Now, uh, Stacy, good morning to you. Hi. Hiya. You're it's it's a, you're you're another one of these parents caught up in the constant battle for disability services, and so much so you, you've won a case just this week against yeah. the HSE. Now, now we're going into without going into too much detail on that case. What what happened? So basically I was kind of set up getting the runaround and I contacted a human rights solicitor and they took a case on my behalf to the High Court <clears throat> and it was a long process but on Monday the judges deemed that the HSC had a case to answer and um, we're one of a few hundred families I think um, that have, have won cases against the HSC. Um, so they'd all be dealt with by the 31st of May. Right. Um, but they have they have suspended assessments until the outcome of that court case is known. Okay. Now, just your own uh, family situation. You're, you're trying to get services and assessment of needs and all of those things, and it's very difficult. Yeah. So Blake would have been in the system since birth. Um, we had no problems, uh, even early intervention with tablets. But the minute you get the age of six, it just went downhill. Yeah. What does he um, need at the moment? Well, Blake has multiple conditions. So Blake has hypermobility spectrum disorder, 
as well as autism. He had multiple dental issues. Um, he was born with a chylophoric for a few reasons. Um, so he's like, you know, he's under genetic care. He's under loads of the conservatives. And what I was finding was um, the minute he got a diagnosis of autism, they, you know, everyone washed their hands of him. It's like, well, the autism services will now deal with all these needs. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's this kind of dual diagnosis thing. The minute you get the autism diagnosis, everybody else walks away and they want the autism service to take it up, which... Yeah, yeah. there isn't the services there. Um, I got an email about a month or more ago, one Sunday morning, telling me that my son no longer had a physiotherapist um, and that he also had no longer had a key worker as they were moving people around the services to fill teams. So less than a year into the new services, um, they're not fit for purpose. Yeah. You're talking about the progressing disability model. Well, we like to call it the the regressing disability model. <laughs> You're not the first to use that. You're yeah. not the... Just explain again, you know... Unfortunately, say Stacy, unless you're in a system like this, you yeah. don't understand what families within it are going through. So, this whole, as you call it, regressing, progressing thing. How has it affected Blake's services? Well, he's basically got nothing, um, so I have been forced to take him privately for physio, OT, stuff like that. Um, they're all very expensive. Um, and it's those even to family budgets. Um, so it takes over from, I mean, what they should be getting is eating into the disposable income of the family. Yeah. Um, and it, it doesn't leave anything for anything else. Do you know, we spend our time travelling around trying to locate therapists and whatnot um, and paying for something that we really should be automatically getting. Yeah. Yeah, and now that the judge has decided the HSC has a case to answer in your case and indeed in others, what what are you hoping will be the next step? Obviously, we can't speculate on what the next step. Well, will. I'm hoping for services. Um, like I had prior to this, I had asked them to outsource Cisvion in particular. They wouldn't do it, and my argument was, well, if you can outsource assessments, you can surely outsource um, therapies that are really really needed like I suppose this is a lifelong condition that Blake has Um, so it's not like he needs a bit of physio for six weeks and all will be well that won't be the case the whole idea of him having physio is to maintain um, you know his physical abilities yes he needs ongoing care for the rest of his life and and hopefully by the end of May they might be in some position to do it, but these new progressing disability networks, they don't seem to be working, not for your family and not for many others. Stacey, thank you. It's not the best line in the world, so I'll just leave it there, but it's just another family, another family suffering over this progressing disability services thing, which came in a couple of years ago and is clearly not fit for purpose. The progressing disability model uh, and that has established what they call uh, children's disability network teams, CDNTs. And I have yet to hear from anybody who says it's an improvement. And I mean that, anybody.
0818 I'm confused. 0818 What I'm trying to say is two showbiz stories in the last uh, 24 hours. Two big showbiz stories. One was uh, Bruce Willis, of whom I am a fan, and I know there are lots of people who love everything that Bruce Willis does, no matter how silly some of it's been, and no matter how iconic more of it was. Uh, 67 now. And Bruce Willis's family released a statement in the last 24 hours to say that he has been diagnosed with aphasia, which is a form of dementia. And it just means he can't remember his words. And if you can't remember your words, then you clearly can't remember your lines. And he's stepped back immediately from his acting career. That's sad news. Um, And I hope now that all of the various movie channels and streaming services will give us loads and loads of Bruce Willis movies to watch, to enjoy the the madness that he was able to bring to to the screen because he was one of the great action movie characters. Bruce Willis retiring after being diagnosed with aphasia. The other very sad news, and Bruce Willis at 67 years of age, but talk about the tragedy of a chap called Tom Parker. I remember at the time this story, he was diagnosed at, in October 2020, a star of a band called The Wanted. He was diagnosed with a brain tumour in October 2020. He underwent chemo and radiotherapy and only a couple of months ago was well enough to perform on stage during a reunion tour. But the very sad news broke yesterday that Tom Tom Parker had passed away at the age of just 33. Such a sad, sad 33 years of age. And he passed away. There was a statement on their Instagram that said, Max, Jay, Siva, Nathan and the whole Wanted family are devastated by the tragic and premature loss of our bandmate Tom Parker who passed away peacefully at lunchtime today, surrounded by his family and his bandmates. He was an amazing husband to Kelsey and father to Aurelia and Bodie. He was our brother. Words can't express the loss and sadness we feel, always and forever in our hearts. And The Wanted had a string of hits, many of which we played here on 96FM over the years. So why not play one now? They're talking about... Uh, cameras and CCTV and smart cameras and Amazon and all of that, which reminds me that you can get this radio program anywhere you want in the world, not just up and down the country, anywhere in the world, by asking your smart speaker to play Cork's 96 FM. And it'll magically find it for you. So whether you're listening to us in Upper Glanmire or Outer Jabrovia, just ask your smart speaker to... Where's Outer Jabrovia? I've no idea. I don't even know it exists. Billy Connolly used to talk about it. Just ask your smart speaker to play Cork's 96FM and it'll do the rest for you. 0818 96 96 96. Quick one there. Yeah, and Antoinette says the progressive disability services are not worth the paper they're written on. It'll be the next scandal for the government. Children are suffering at the hands of the HSE and nobody is doing anything to help our children. Few on the cameras. My in-laws own their property. The flat on the right put up a camera and a light above their door and above the windows, and they're looking into my in-laws' pathway. 
The people on the left put cameras and lights up outside their house. So my in-laws have loads of cameras and lights all day at night watching their house and they didn't want it. Well, from listening to our experts talking to us earlier on, uh, both of the neighbours are in the wrong. Uh, According to Dara O'Brien, those cameras are only allowed to focus on your own property, as in the property of the property owner. They're not allowed to focus in on your in-laws' property at all. I've been looking into that. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818-969696. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, still some reaction coming into our very upsetting conversation with Emma and Gillian and Julia in Poznan in the last hour where they're at this hub for refugees and the refugees are cold and hungry women and children many of the women pregnant as well cold and hungry and they're arriving after many days on the run literally from Ukraine from the war leaving their men folk behind leaving their possessions behind leaving their homes not knowing whether the home will be there still when they go back if they ever get to go back and there's no food in the hope there is a couple of pallets there that the lads brought with them, but they need food for hundreds of people and they need it every day. Very upsetting conversation that we had with the three women and we've got some photographs which we'll share and we're going to follow the story up. Carmel says we need to get food to these poor people. Please tell us how we can help. If anybody has any ideas, 0818-969696. We're not the better of listening to that conversation and that is for sure still getting some of your comments on NCT and the waiting times for NCT months Uh, and the question that people are asking two really one if I'm stopped because my NCT is out and I can't get an appointment how am I covered as regards penalty points and a fine that's the one question that's coming up. The other question is coming up. Well, if my NCT is out and I have an accident, what are the implications for my car insurance? So they're all va- very, very valid questions. 0818-969696. And people, some people talking online a lot about that band playing a gig up on College Road last night and you know you might titter at the sight of it on social media but can you imagine been trying to get some children to bed across the road from that last night or having someone who's sick and needs a quiet relaxing place to lay their head imagine trying to mind someone who's not well elderly relative who's not well and that's going on up the road so it is what it is now we were talking about the reform of the leaving search and we know that there'll be a change to the exam format. We know that, for example, Irish and English paper one will be in first year or in first year, in fifth year. 
after 2024. We know there'll be a lot more continuous assessment. We know there'll be a lot more focus on project work and stuff like that. It's all to come. Two new subjects also being added to the Leaving Cert from 2024. Climate action and sustainable development being one and drama, film and theatre studies being another. Now, wonder, does that have a place on a Leaving Cert curriculum? It's a fascinating subject and a lot of people go on to study it. You can study it in St. John's, you can study it up and down the country in various different third level PLC courses and uh, universities. But bringing it in at Leaving Cert level, Conor Murphy teaches English and teaches film at Skibbereen Community School. Connor, uh, start with that. A good idea to include it as a Leaving Cert subject. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, it's a great idea to include it. Uh, as a film teacher, I'm a little bit confused as to why film and drama and theatre, how they all go together because they're very different media from my own perspective. So I think that's an interesting uh, question. But anyway, that's what it's going to be. Um, and I think it's a wonderful inclusion. Um, it's just another outlet for a student's creativity, another way for them to express themselves. And it's also there are also skills and talents that they can uh, develop over a period of time. So it's perfect if you can have all these other, you can have art as, as um, a subject, if you can have woodwork as a subject, I don't see why you can't have theatre or film as a subject. Now you already teach film. Like, what do you teach them? Uh, and how do they... So, how do they interact? With I have a. I, I teach the film as part of the junior cycle and the senior cycle at the moment, and part of English and teaching a film in that is kind of about analysis. But I also teach a TY module where we make films. So you watch films and you study them, and then you get out the camera, get out the the actors, get out a script, and uh, go around the school and, and make a film. Um, and it teaches them. I mean, it teaches them so much. You teach them from the simplicity, the the, the, the classic English stuff of you know film as an art form. Um, but it also teaches them in terms of them doing it themselves. It, it enhances their own creativity, teamwork, uh, leadership qualities, uh, a, a whole gamut of the different things. Yeah. Do you teach more the making of a film or the analysis of film, the value of film, how some films are still good 40 years later and some are in the trash can four weeks after they come out? I, I always say that but my, one of my main impulses in teaching film from first to sixth year is that by the time they finish sixth year, they can they realize, they, they, they can analyze films and they'll watch them and understand them and critically analyze them and they realize that Fast and Furious movies are rubbish. And once I've got to them to that point, that they can still enjoy them, but know that they're not any good. I'll be happy with that. <laughs> oh, oh, we'll cross swords on that one. I love <laughs> Fast and Furious. And my son and I uh, have you, watched you, every one of them maybe 10 times, like, you know. You, we know you, you, you can love them all you want. You can love them all all you want and you can yeah. enjoy them all you want but at the end of the day you have to go well it is bad it's awful it's not it's not it's not art oh no it's pure junk puts bugs on seats would you say the same about Spider-Man maybe oh wait now well, hold on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is on the junior cycle the uh, animated uh, film and it's absolutely superb I think it's I genuinely as 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 a a uh, film snob, I think it's a masterpiece. Okay, okay. I Here think it's go. just wonderful. Tell, tell, tell me why Fast and Furious is junk and Spider-Man is <laughs> Put me on the spot here now. You're like one of my students. Fast and Furious. I watched Fast and Furious 9. Now, I hope my, my, my son doesn't hear this because he loves the film himself. Um, I haven't disowned him, but um, I'm hoping to educate him. He's only nine. And 
he, he, but he also loves Spider-Man into, into the Spider-Verse. And I watched Fast and Furious 9, and there are plot holes, there are things that happen that make no sense whatsoever. There's tonal shifts that make no sense whatsoever. And then you watch Spider-Man, and it's all perfectly integrated. Everything moves from one moment to the next. Yeah. Thematically, I have no idea what the themes of Fast and Furious. I think it's something to do with family, because they repeat that phrase but all the time. Did you never learn the joy of suspending belief for a minute? Of course, I'm 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 48. I'm the Star Wars generation, so I, I I'll, I'll put that up as an example. I know yeah, Star Wars, Star Wars is no versus good, Star Trek is another it. whole discussion. You could <laughs> <laughs> but back, to, but if if I can pause in Spider Man and just praise it one more, the the the, the core element of Spider Man, and one of the reasons I, I I can't wait to bring it into the classroom, is because it investigates and and kind of tears apart all that kind of pop culture and the whiteness of yeah. all these uh, these characters, and it shows that. Anybody can be a hero, you know? It doesn't have to be the white guy all the time. And that's one of the aspects I really enjoy. Yeah, Deadpool was another good kind of a Mickey take of a lot of the... That was very good, yeah, yeah. So, you, I can see you're excited about actually teaching this to an exam level. Yeah, so in the... So... There are films as well in the Leaving Cert, and on the Leaving Cert, you've got wonderful films like Lady Bird and Knives Out, and Steve McQueen's Hunger, and the old ones like Casablanca, and some like It Hot has been on before. So it's great when you look at it from first year to sixth year. Where in first year you can show them. I, I we study Enola Holmes this year in first year. The, it's on it's on Netflix. Yes. And then next year I might I might just, I might teach them Kess, for instance, or I'm Not a Witch, or maybe Spider Man. And then you build up and build up, and then by the time they get to sixth year, showing them something like Hunger. And their critical development has has grown with you as you go along, and it's just it's just a wonderful experience as a teacher to watch them, yeah. and then you can discuss the other movies, yeah. and then they can say, yeah, no, that's it's no good, but this is why we like it. And as you can discuss why they like Fast and Furious. As a lifelong Sherlock Holmes fan, I turned off Enola Holmes after about ten minutes. Yeah. Should I go again? <laughs> oh, you should. I think it's I, it is a little bit long, but I really love it, and I've taught it a few times. And we look at it in terms of gender and gender roles and as a feminist text, which might seem a little bit overblown for first years. But once you get into it, um, it really opens it up to them. Um, and I think it's a wonderful film. Do you know, there's a, before I finish, as you can, because I know you're on, you're on, you're on a break and, and stuff like that. <laughs> I always, am, yeah, the students I, are just outside the door. <laughs> I always thought with, with stuff like English literature, particularly still teaching stuff that was written 400 years ago, as a teenager, trying to get in a modern world, trying to get your head around something that was written 400 years ago, you can learn an awful lot more about culture and society from a modern, got a, gr- a modern thing like a film. Okay, so this. Well, first of all, you do both of them. That's that's that, that's what we do. You see, we see we teach the four hundred year old text, and we teach. So I could be teaching. Imagine next year, I could be teaching Julius Caesar, which is for over four hundred years old, and Spider Man into the Spider Verse. That's just fantastic, isn't it? And the other thing, just yesterday, just yesterday, um, I was teaching my second years. I'm not going to name any names, but I was teaching my second years. And one of them had been sick a couple of days ago. And one of his buddies was taking care of him. So, you know, you should be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. You're going away home. I could hear them talking. The two lads, two, two boys in second year, about 14 years of age. And then we were doing Julius Caesar. And there's a bit in Julius Caesar where Brutus is a little bit down and Cassius is talking to him. So, ah, look, we all love you. And I said, see that now? That's exactly like you two lads yesterday talking about, talking to yourself, t- helping each other out. It's exactly the same 400 years later. And that's, I mean, it's brilliant. It's everything. Every, embrace everything and show them everything. Yeah. All the voices should be heard. Do you know what, Connor? It is so lovely to talk to a man who obviously loves his work. 
<laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Great to speak to you. Um, so there you go. It's film and all that stuff coming on as a leaving search subject from 2024. Every aspect of film, from making it to understanding it to putting it together to shoot one from yourself and I presume there'll be projects. Conor Murphy teaches English and film at Skibbereen Community School. Says, great, brilliant, wonderful. What do you think? Film as a leaving search subject. I was got a message yesterday from my pal Catherine Mahan Buckley and she said she was delighted to see that things like theatre skills and film would have recognition. And Catherine was also saying that the school choir should be recognised. The Leaving Cert exam has many flaws at the moment and is not suitable for the world we live in. 0818 96 96 96 Can we just talk Opinion line on Corks 96 FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Corks 96 FM. Hi, it's Elmery. Join me on Sunday morning when we take a look at what's happening in the arts in Cork and help you plan some great nights out at the theatre or see the latest films on release, catch a brilliant music gig or find the perfect book to get stuck into. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Straight from our soil to your table. Griffin's Potatoes are simply nutritious and delicious. Courts 96FM Talking about Bruce Willis earlier on and his uh, sad decision to retire straight away with immediate effect um, because he has been diagnosed with aphasia and I mentioned that it's a form of uh, dementia that was the understanding I got when I read the story of Bruce Willis um, got an email to opinion at 96fm.ie saying aphasia is not a sign of dementia I have it because I suffered a stroke okay thank you appreciate that just the the the, the reports on Bruce Willis were saying that it's it's a form of Dementia, or it's a precursor to some forms of dementia. But I take your point, and thanks for making it. 0818969696. The Cork Holistic Fair is back at uh, Carrigaline Court Hotel on the 10th of April, which is Sunday week. It's the first in-person one for a number of years, and it's a big event. We've talked about it before in previous years, it's a huge event and there's a fascination with mediums and spiritual healing and tarot and palmistry and crystals and laws of attraction, the whole kit and caboodle. And no matter how sceptical you might be about it, there's a massive interest in it. Yvonne Costello's a former Miss Ireland and you, Yvonne, you always had, if you want, a gift of some kind. But you only started... Good morning. Using, good morning, good morning PJ. Yes. You, you <laughs> How only, are you today? Good. You only started using it latterly. No. Right? I, I've always used it. In actual fact, I'm doing that the longest. I'm doing this over 50 years. My grandmother, uh, Emma Nelson, and indeed my mother, Sylvia, they were uh, very intuitive and psychic people and would have used... She was also... Uh, Emma Nelson was, would have been a natural healer herself. Mm. So she would have foraged from you know, from the earth and uh, with dandelions and nettles and all that type of thing. And that's something I do now and have been doing for years as well. Mm. But um, 
going back, it will be, um, they're all women, funnily enough, back um, four generations, except for one man who happened to be a, um, a playwright and poet and um, a natural uh, healer, a shaman uh, of, his, of his time. You know, so it's it's kind of in the DNA. But I believe uh, personally that we all have a gift, mm. and it's about tuning into that. Now, I'm also trained as a therapist. I I would have learned certain things from my grandmother, like the old playing cards, the tarot. Although they're 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 very ancient, uh, she wouldn't have had a deck of that. She would have had the tea leaves and scrying into the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, with with a candle, um, she would have used candle wax in a in a basin as Einstein did, and ink, that type of thing for scrying and divining purposes. Yeah. But um, very natural um, sort of approach. Uh, the the event now in the Carrigaline Court Hotel uh, on the tenth, uh, Sunday the tenth, is we'll have an array. It's like a Pandora's box, mm-hmm. an array of people there doing all kinds of therapies, massage, healing, Reiki, bioenergy, probably crystals, uh, all sorts of uh, things, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's really good. And of course, I'll be there doing readings, and with the reading, of course, uh, there's a, a healing that takes place mm-hmm. as well. And I'm uh, trained uh, trained therapist and have been for in many mediums for many years mm. so that's something i've done i've done many things yeah. <laughs> when you well, get well, to well, my well. age you get up to all kinds of uh stuff but these, these are would be the things that are it's like adding another feather in your cap and i'm constantly yeah. learning and i love learning and studying and um i like passing on the information to others it keeps me fresh yvonne what is an empath you know? what is an empath a natural empath will be tuning in to um, you, you, having a sense of knowing uh, that things are going to happen. Uh, it's, it's like the other brain that we have, which is the good feeling and the fire in the belly. And I'm sure you've experienced that yourself, mm. PJ, when you have a sense of knowing. There were things that I would have uh, dreamt as well. Uh, and how, you just have a sense of knowing and you feel, you feel things. And usually you go with that gut instinct. And I have to tell you, there's many times that I haven't done that uh, to my detriment. But never mind, you learn You learn by experience. I think we're probably the worst at, at not doing it ourselves. We're mm. great for other people, but sometimes not tuning in, giving them another chance or, the, you know, the benefit mm. of the doubt. But never mind, that's part and parcel of life, isn't it? You must come up against a fair few sceptics. I mean, okay, I, I'll be honest, I'll lay my cards, talk about the whole playing cards thing. I lay my cards on the table. If I'm sitting in yeah. front of you and you have a deck of cards or whatever you use to to do a reading, you have a various deck of cards. tools. Okay. Yeah, yeah, various. You're tools. reading my micro expressions. You're not. There's no magic in the cards. You're you've learned to read my face. It's no, no. It's 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 not like that at all. Uh, in fact, you couldn't read any face uh, with with masks on, and some people still continue to do that. Point. So all you see in our eyes peeking out over over the top of them. Um, that would be, uh, there's a different format. Um, there's a, 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 what's it, well, he's a, a certain gentleman out there that would be doing all that and be trained in that type of area. Yeah. It's not something that I profess to do when you're when you're with me, and and you know some people I wouldn't see I'd, I would do it on the phone so I don't see anybody. Gotcha. And that would be tuning in to their energy completely. And with that person, I've seen people walk the room and go from one to another, you know, but 
um, when, when you're with me, you get my undivided attention. Mm. I tune into your energy and I don't really see what's going on behind you or anything else. Right. That is the way it is. I'm tuning into the energy. And I've done I've done lives on, on um, uh, the Brendan O'Connor show where there was no interview uh, taking place. And that was a live reading. Yeah. And there's yeah. not very many will go on and do that. You know, yeah. sometimes you can be asked to go on things which I've declined from doing where it's a setup. Yeah, and there's a lot of editing takes place, and I'm, I'm, I'm not that foolish to set myself up for that. Sure, not sure. that I have anything to hide, but when it's in the, when it comes to editing, you, you don't know how you're going to be portrayed. Yeah. No, I was you just, know, so just, I'm always, I'm, I'm always, and I know, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, um, and I've been doing it a long time, yeah. and I, I just say, people say, are you any good? Well, I just say, it'd be a bit like Michael Flatley playing the flute and. You know, doing river dance. Um, if, if I'm not, I've been getting away with it for many years, but uh, it's it, it doesn't work like that really. I have I have some very good feedback and testimonials. I'm actually one there this morning from a gentleman, which was is lovely to get that everything I've told him has absolutely come through, every sure. single thing. So yeah. he will actually. If he cares to, I won't put it up. But if he wants to do that, yeah, he can he can do that. And I have many. So people come back uh, time and time again, and they wouldn't be coming back yeah. um, if 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 there were, you know oh, if there wasn't something to let, it. Let me be it's very clear. Guy, with, let me be very clear with you. Just Yvonne. to say, sorry, PJ, yeah. just to say to you that I don't tell anybody what to do. I guide them. Yeah, you know, I guide them. And if I see something there that's positive or I see something, I will always um, recommend them to, you know, I never uh, diagnose anything. I want to make that very clear. That's in spite of me doing anatomy and physiology and studying as a therapist, I will direct them back to their GP or a specialist or whatever, or legal, legal issues, you know? No, I, 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 I was just put making, making the point, and I said in the introduction, there is an amount of scepticism here, but there are a huge number of people huge, who go along mm, who go along there's huge it. believers and people wouldn't be going oh, if yeah. they didn't have faith it's like everything else um it depends on the, on the 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 reader or, or the therapist it's like solicitor um, yeah. or anybody out there you get on with some people and it's like going for psychotherapy you might gel with one person you mightn't with another yeah. Yeah. it's all down to the individual yeah. and uh, an understanding well, well it's like that's it's, most, it's like reiki which will be there you listen to the clients yeah. like you reiki. listen to them and you guide them reiki yeah, will, will be there like reiki now i i personally i have a friend who is uh, very experienced in, in, in Reiki and yes. has given me, when I needed it, great relief from a painful back condition. Uh, this is a number yeah. of years ago now and I was in trouble. Yeah. My back seized up right. but I was, I was about to take a flight and I That's was in fantastic. trouble. fantastic. And my yes. friend said, look, sit down there and I'll, I'll do, my, do the best I can for you. And yep. she did and she got me home. Um, yeah, well, that's great. I'm a, I'm a Reiki master myself. But so. others would say, ah, that's only on. That. Do you know what I'm getting at? Uh, well, it's, but, you know, it's horses for courses. Um, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Absolutely. That's not to say that you don't go to a physiotherapist. Yeah. What, what, if you've back injury and back pain, I certainly know about that one. Uh, I haven't been in, in a couple of ac- car accidents. Um, you, you're going to, you, you know, you're going to try... Uh, you're going to try most things that, uh, and whatever it is that gives you ease That's right. for you to be able to be have mobility yeah. is is the secret. Yeah. And if it works, it's it's all Indeed. common sense do, as well. And do you know, uh, Yvonne, people are re- the last 
the last two and a half years have been very, very difficult for people mentally. And yes, it has. You know, how many people do you think reach out to people like yourself or your colleagues who'll be at the the fair on the tenth of April for for something? Well, there'd be quite a few, I'm sure, but there there would be at any time. But this is why it's so delicate. And I think particularly where people have crossed over, family, loved ones, that have, and, and there, there hasn't really been the closure that they would have liked, that you can give them some kind of uh, peace and solace and know that they're always around them and they're, they're only a breath away, you know, or a whisper away. Uh, having crossed over, and I'm sure nobody out there, irrespective of what the circumstances were, would want anybody going through any pain and no. suffering. But it's just like, uh, and, and particularly if they were very unwell, sometimes, um, you know, uh, where we decide uh, from birth, I didn't always know this, but, uh, and it's not, I'm not uh, trying to push this on anybody, but when we, we come in on this planet Earth, um we take a contract and we decide when we're coming in and we also decide when we're leaving. I I remember my young daughter saying to me, she was only about two and a half in the back of the car one time and she said to me, Mummy, I waited so long for you. I, where were you? And I waited for you and I went, what? Where, where, what are you talking about? Where you waited, you waited where? And she said, I waited up there, higher than the sky. And then I saw you and I found you and I said, I want you to be my mummy. So imagine now a little child coming out with that. So, you know, you know, th- children are amazing and they're little innocents, I think, and the things they come out with. And um, again, it's down to do you believe in in um, uh, past lives? Have you been here before? Yeah. I certainly know I've been here on many journeys and I haven't always been a female. I've been no. quite a few males. So <laughs> I'm back again for my penance <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so I, I say to people out there, be nice, be kind, be forgiving. Don't be always in a rush. Yeah. Think before you, you, you lash out at somebody because you don't actually know what they're going through. Yeah. Nobody knows deep down because everybody's not inclined to tell everybody their business yeah. and some people keep it to themselves. And that's why coming to me perhaps... They don't know me from Adam, or maybe they do, and they come. And that time with me is totally um, between uh, the client and I. And I would like to hope and and think, um, and I would keep in touch with um, with people. You know, I would say, send me a little text, or how are you getting on, mm-hmm. or you know, I'll think of you at that particular time if they're going for a procedure, or if they're going to be in court, <laughs> or they're doing something. And you know, it's, it helps, and I yeah. do get the the, the the messages back, and the, and they and, and people being ever so grateful. And it's not that I'm in ego or anything, because I, I leave that well outside the door. It's just that I love helping people. I've always loved that, yeah. and yeah. Uh, it's something I love to do, and uh, I'm very happy to do it. And like yourself, you n- you never kind of have the same people on all the time. I'm sure mm. you've different people and different energies, and and that's what makes makes it all worthwhile, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, it's a fascinating field and and it how many about forty people will be involved, various different Well there'll be different people. I'm I'm not sure you'd have to ask the organizer because like that on the day people can um be unwell or where most people show up, but you never know these days. Yeah. Uh, there can be cancellations due to the the, the, the ongoing thing. Yeah. But, but uh, other than that it, it's pretty good. The atmosphere is great. The the um 
Carrigaline Court Hotel always put on a great show. They're a family-run business, Clearly and they spot. they Clearly look spot. they look after us all, and they're wonderful there. And I love going there. Good. The energy as soon as you drive down that hill and in into the hotel, you're made feel welcome. Uh-huh. And they go, they really do everything in their power to make you feel as comfortable as possible. And they're looking forward to us uh, okay. coming back there. And again, of course, we'll be, we'll be in uh, Cork in uh, the city hall in October, oh, um, 15th and 16th. That's a huge event. Yeah. And lots of workshops there. And, you know, a lot of them are free, which would be great. Okay. It gives people an introduction to um, different therapies that are available out there that they might have seen or heard before. And it's a great day out and it's a gift to yourself, whether you be a male or a female. You know, yeah. uh, we all we all need a little bit of lift now and again, irrespective of whatever is going on in our lives. And something it's something different or some people uh, do this on a regular basis. Like myself, I would meditate every day and I would try and ground myself every day. I think that's very, mm-hmm. very important when you're doing this type of work. I also go around and, 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 and I don't do this all the time. I'm in the apothecary making medicine with my lovely friend, Jackie Burgess, and um, we make up um, some medicine there for whoever needs to be made. Mm-hmm. I'm her apprentice and have been for the last uh, three years. So, okay. yeah, I love I love that as well. A woman of many parts. Uh, thank you very much, Yvonne Costello, former Miss Ireland, uh, a psychic to the stars. And uh, she's been Fair City as well for a while, but she'll be there at the Cork Holistic Fair, Carrigaline, April 10th. Her and many more, but 40 different people. I wonder will there be a dream analyst there? The weirdest dream. I might tell you about it tomorrow. I might tell you about it tomorrow. I haven't told the person that I dreamt of about it yet. Um, But someone that I know well um, from this industry came up in my dreams the other night. So did farmers on a farmyard. And I have no idea how I connected the two in my head. And I woke up and said, that's the oddest bloody dream I've had in an awful long time. Oh, 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Cork's 96FM. Now, Peter, you and I spoke on the Opinion Line in 2018. And when I saw your name come up again recently, I said, that surely isn't still a problem. Good morning. How are you? Very well. You're in Blarney. And describe, describe for listeners what the story is. You sent in some pictures, by the way. That's yeah. right, you got them, obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, this is um, a problem that's ongoing for the last num- number of years. And it concerns a, a derelict site shed that's uh, highly, uh, very dangerous, you know. It's a danger to the public, it's a danger to me. And it's, there's, there's absolutely nothing being done about it. Now, know? where is it? It's, you mean the actual address? No, the, the the area of Blarney, like it's very close to your property. It's adjoining. It's it's it, it, it's attached to my property. Is is right, yeah, uh, on on two sides, you know. Um, so it's actually my boundary wall, garden wall, is the supporting wall for this, right. you know. Right. So therefore, 
therefore, it, <laughs> it wouldn't be there only for my, my garden wall, my boundary wall. Right. But it's, it's ludicrous. It's, it's uh, with regards to um, any, any action taken by the council is, is, is disgraceful, you know, to see this. I mean, the public are passing this every day. Never Outside of me, the public are passing this every day of the week. There's school children passing going to school. There's women with babies passing this, you know. Mm. And uh, it's not as um, it's a disgrace, really, to be to have to put up with this. But and it's owned by the council, but it's completely derelict. Well, it's not, you see. It was completely derelict, yeah. Yeah. And it seems now it's abandoned at this stage now as well. But um, there's people claiming uh, squatters' rights to this, you know. Right. No way, you know. But you know, I mean. There's, it's gone to a stage now where it was infested with rats at one stage as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. but who, and, does, uh, who does own it, Peter, do you know? Nobody owns it, you see? That's the, the, but these people are claiming... Well, somebody, uh, had, to, somebody had to build it. Uh, I, I, I think some builder uh, built it up, you know? Okay. And uh, the people How long that was it there, like? Oh, I don't know how long it's there. It's, it's there a while, you know? Yes. But um, it's an unauthorised structure. It shouldn't be there with no planning permission or whatever for it, you know? I see, I see. Um, so it's, it's, it's an ongoing problem. And unfortunately, hopefully not. That, you know, it's like the time of the storms. It could have caused a fatality. It's the after collapsing on a couple of occasions. The walls, you know? Right. And the uh, council put some kind of... a. Uh, so-called security fence so the council, it. the council will come out if it falls down or looks like it might fall down. Well, it's fall. It's 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 as we speak. It's it's who's to say it won't fall again tomorrow? Oh yeah, you know? I know. Yeah, yeah. I can see from the photographs. It's in a very d- dilapidated state. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's shocking, you know. And it's and it's obviously you can see that by the photographs that it's it's dangerous as well. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. You no know? doubt about that. I mean, if, um, if if a child got into it and oh stop, it's it's yeah. it's it's, it's you, God knows what could happen. You know, and they can get into it yeah. because it's 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 accessible. You know. And what have the council said to you about it when you say can the council you... don't contact me at all, PJ. The council booked their own way. But you, but, sure, uh, you, you surely contacted them when you've never... I, I, I never I, listen, I've been in and out of that city hall sure. on numerous occasions. Of yes. Yeah. When, we spoke, when we spoke, you were in the county, but now That's you're, correct. you're, now you're in right. the city when that hasn't helped matters either. Yeah. Any of yeah. your local uh, elected councillors? <laughs> you're joking me, aren't you? They're, they're, they're as bad and as useless as a city hall. You know? But have any of them even and come I mean to look that. at it? Sorry? Have any of them even come to look at it? Two of them have been up here, yeah, but... I've heard nothing from them. What did they say to you when they were there? Oh, you know, the usual jargon. Um, oh, right, 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 right. I sort this out, maybe sort that out. And, yeah. You know? Yeah. You know you know yourself, you're only too well aware of that. Oh, of course. But, and is it on somebody? I'm, I'm just confused. For no, the no, pictures, it's on public It's, it's on, on public, public land. land. Right, right. All the more reason it should be taken away. Yes. You know? Yes. If it was on private land, it's a completely different thing altogether. But it's attached to private property, and the private property is mine. You know? Right. So. Uh, and on, the, on your boundary wall, so technically speaking, if I'm right here, you should have been asked... Hang on, was it there when you moved in, or was it put up after you moved in? It was there when I moved in. Yeah, there when I moved in. So the previous owner of your house should have mm-hmm. been asked for their permission in the first place. But should we don't know who that was or when it was. Uh, yeah. 
But I mean, I, I, I can find that off. You, you know, I'll, 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 I'll research all that. Yeah. Um, but it's... Um, Fair and you know, as you're I said, afraid it'll fall down and hurt someone. Yeah. <laughs> but it's literally... Um, like, it's literally on my entrance gate, you know? Yes. I think you can tell by the photographs. You can, yeah. No, no, it's an awful... Apartment else, it's an awful eyesore. Absolutely. Like, again, going back to the council, the council are constantly telling the public, you know, how environment, environmentally conscious they are and all that business, but, and yet they leave something like that there, you know? Yeah. And they're telling people, uh, you know, if they're doing any kind of walk around, they have to say that, uh, oh, the, our number one priority is the safety of the public, health and safety, and yet they still leave that there. I'm not suggesting that you do this, okay? Mm. And I'd say that again to stress it. Finally, I'm not suggesting that you do this. But what would happen if you took a sledgehammer to it yourself? <laughs> uh, the people that are claiming it objected to that. Right. But now I've, I've approached those people and I've tried to come to some solution with it, but no. Okay. no. You know what I mean? So you're right. kind of, we're basically wasting my time. All right. Peter, leave it there. Leave it there. Uh, thanks very much. It's a shed. It's a dilapidated old shed that's attached to the boundary wall of his house and dangerous. He did send us in some pictures. It's on public land, which means he thinks the council should deal with it. There's some dispute over who owns it and who's entitled to use it and all that, but he's been dealing with this since since 2018 when he first called us about it. The Cork Good News I can't believe it's four years old because we talked about it when it was set up. Joanna Ducipati, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Great. Congratulations on reaching four years. We we talked when you started it up. Yes. Uh, you know, like it, it, it by description, you'd expect just a pub, something that publishes or a, someone that publishes good news. But but there's more to it than that. You, you see yourself as connecting the world we live in. What's all that yes. about? Yes. So Good Day Cork began around June with the crowdfunding campaign, uh, June in 2018. And I remember talking to you because I think it was around 20, I think later that year, I can't, all the timeline is all warped because of COVID. But um I did speak to you and you... you, you uh, I think it was yeah, around Christmas time. Yeah, you just brought out your winter edition. a little edition. list of yeah. the yeah. good things that's been happening around, yeah. Um, so, so Good Day Cork began as a print magazine and it, it's self-funded with a crowdfunding campaign back in June 2018, right? And so in that pitch, I had said that it's a significant vessel for connecting the community and the world we live in. And what that is, to me, it means that in whatever shape or form that it will take, this magazine, this print magazine, it's about uh, the written word in, the, in terms of reading things, listening to things, and also videos, watching people tell their stories, ordinary people, everyday, talk about everyday, everyday things. Yeah. And this is how we hope that we can relate with each other better and yeah. in that process a kinder world is created yeah. during the lockdown I guess the demand for, for good news was, was higher than ever and out of that you created a, a series of essays called Voice Out 
Yeah. Well, yeah. So actually, again, the timeline. Uh, when 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 we went into lockdown in 2020, a few, you know, everybody was trying to cope. Everybody was coping in different ways, based on their reality. Some of us had the privilege to, you know, cope. Some of us had to go out and work, nonetheless. And um, so. It was actually a podcast that began um, the, you know, that helped Good Day Corp continue to do the work that it does in bringing the stories to people. So a podcast called Positive Podcast. We did this using uh, digital technology, getting people to send lovely voice notes in to me. And there's a three-part podcast series that talks about resilience, that talks about silver linings during a crisis. And, the, and there's an entire episode which features Karina Healy from the Cork Lantern Project located at Nano Nagel. And at that time, the Lantern Project were already doing incredible things to support their community during lockdown. And it was only fitting to have Karina share sure. uh, thoughts about living a simple life. Um, so the positive podcast began then. And the Voice Out series, shortly after that, what had happened is the sad passing of George Kencho. Yes. And um, it was, you know, it stirred a lot of feelings for a lot of young people from different backgrounds. And a national newspaper um, had you know, done this beautiful feature on people, artists from different ethnic minorities. And I said, we, we should have that as well. And so I, I sent a call out to everybody and then the essays came in. Sure. And when I looked at all the essays that came in, it, it was apt to, calling, to call it a voice out series. The, the essays, um, they're very personal. They're extremely intimate. The writers, again, they're not professional writers. Barring one or two, everybody else just wanted to pour their heart out mm. and talk about coping, um, you know, living in lockdown and mm. there, and also uh, ending stigma on a lot of things, including sure. mental health, anxiety, talking about racism, how people are living with racism. Mm. And there's also an essay in that series, in the very first series, where um, this lovely young man has has written a beautiful essay honoring his father. So it, when you look at the entire collection, it really is a testament to the kinds of reflections that different people were spending time doing. And if any, you know, there's a question in the um, in the census, what would you put in the time capsule? I would love to put this entire essay into the time capsule. Be, all of these essays uh, into the time capsule. So that's how the Voice Out series started. Yeah. It's very hard to pick a favorite. I would ask all of Cork City to pick their favorites okay. and tell me about it. <laughs> okay. There's also the Wild One Salon, which I don't have a whole pile of time, but, but what's that about? Why One Salon is a conversational space. It began um, last year. We've had two salons since last year, and we're very excited because as we approach our four-year uh, anniversary, we've got a permanent home at the Maureen's Bar just across the river. Okay. So going forward in May, we're going to be there every uh fourth, I want to say fourth Wednesday of the month. Uh, yeah, definitely the fourth Wednesday of the month. 
And this is a space for women and non-binary people to come gather and talk about things, things that they want to challenge, ideas that they want to question. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're called, that's why it's known as the Wild Ones Salon. Okay. Okay. The name was by Kel Menton, who was our um, curator for the Wild Ones Salon last year. So, yeah, that's yeah. what it's about. Well, it's something we might come back to because I know it's a, it's, a, it's a new project and we will come back to it at some later date, but not today, unfortunately, because we are bang out of time. Fourth anniversary coming up for Good Day News. Joanna Ducapati, thank you. And that's it. We're edited by Fiona Corker and produced and researched by Fergal Barry. We're done. See you tomorrow, just after nine. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie.